Welcome to SEC Football Live. My name is Braden Gall. He is Michael Bratton. Get into the comments, folks, because we had one of the most boring days Saturday of college football in the SEC. Not, of course, if you are a Missouri fan, if you are an Auburn fan, if you are an LSU fan, if you are a Georgia fan, if you are an Alabama fan, if you're a South Carolina fan, you had a great Saturday, but it was pretty boring. Pretty boring football. And then Sunday morning happened, Michael. <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome, welcome to the show. So we have a whole lot of shit to get to today on the show. Two, not one, but two coaching searches on the program. We will discuss what you need to know about those coaching, coaching searches, which is number one, that no one knows a damn thing. So if you're reading it on the internet or listening to it in this show as well, not one person is reporting a single bit of information about your actual team. We'll get to that. What does a coaching search firm actually do? Uh, all kinds of stuff. So candidates that we would call all kinds of all kinds of great stuff. Uh, how good of a job? Hello. Hello. Hello, pup. Uh, how good of a job is uh, Mississippi State? You and I actually had a fairly lengthy conversation, Michael, about Mississippi State in the coaching hierarchy. I think it was last week on the show. Jaden Daniels Heisman Trophy campaign. Some information you need to know about that. We do have a couple of really big football games coming up this weekend. We've got the SEC championship game set, Georgia and Alabama, just as you predicted, Michael, back at SEC Media Days. Does another coach in the SEC need to be need to be concerned? And congrats to Auburn on getting bowl eligible. Mike, how surprised were you Sunday morning when the news started to break? Who let the dogs out? Well, Lane Kiffins, Lane Kiffins was running all over the field. That didn't help him. I, I hear that dog likes to bite people. My, well, it's not my, the first my, time. It's not my the first dog time doesn't a, bite, at least. It's not the first time a a an animal on Athens uh, Sanford Stadium field tried to bite a football player, right? Like, wasn't that the Georgia Bulldog tried to bite an Auburn football player? In yeah, the game that's true. About fifteen years ago, uh, old Uga, <laughs> one of the old Uggas tried to bite an Auburn player. I don't blame. Uh, him. I don't no, blame. Wait, him. I, so I do that. What was the question, Jim? Is it Jimbo? Surprise at Jimbo? No, just both of them. Um, because I have I have a theory on why the Mississippi State fire happened when it happened. So I'm just curious, just how surprised mm. were you that it actually took place? That we actually got to the point where 75 million dollars, which is a massive record by 3x, Gus Malzahn, the highest on record right now, 21 million dollars. So this is 3x that. Uh, and then, of course, we can get to Arnett not even finishing a full season. So just how surprised were you that both of them happened and when, when they happened? Uh, I mean, I was surprised they didn't fire Jimbo about a year ago, maybe two. That that was surprising because he's awful. So, uh, I, I mean, I thought the loser of that game, I thought they'd be fired on Saturday night. So why Monday for Zach Arnett? I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to hear what you have to say on that, but he was clearly in over his head. So yeah, I no, I was calling it loser leaves town game. So I, I'm not surprised by either of them. I, I'm not, you know, the, the reports of the, the board meeting in Texas on Thursday to kind of make a bit of a decision. I want to remind folks of the less miles season before the, the, the season before he got fired and there's a thing called the old dead cat bounce. And I think Texas A&M didn't want to didn't want the dead cat bounce, which is he he wins three games to finish the season and somehow rallies the fan base and the boosters decide, OK, we're not going to spend this amount of money. And he comes back next year. And that's what happened to Les Miles. Remember, they carried him off the field after the after the, the win there. And he got to keep his job for an extra year, which was, you know, a mistake for LSU to keep him that long. So the old dead cat bounce is what I think they were afraid of. And let's be very clear about one thing. 
Ross Bjork did not make this decision. Okay. <laughs> this was this was not made by the Texas A&M athletic director. He can say he, everything he wants to in a press conference, but it wasn't his decision. He said they were living life in the slow lane with Jimbo, which <laughs> that's pretty accurate on the field, at least watching Jimbo's offense. You know what? I do I do appreciate a man who drives between 75 and 80 on the interstate and left lane. That is appropriate interstate behavior. So I appreciate that, especially in Texas where... You know what I feel bad about is... Uh, and I'm, Hopefully I get his name right. I mean, that's how much coverage he's gotten. But uh, Jalen Henderson, I believe is his name, the, the Texas oh, the quarterback. A&M quarterback yeah. that... I mean, he just had an incredible performance. I think he was... I read he was fourth string at Fresno last year. He comes in here for A&M. I, I get it, Mississippi State, that's not a great opponent by any means. But, I mean, no one's even talking about that. And, and what a performance he had, and it made me made me think, if only A and M had a mobile quarterback this entire time. I mean, Max Johnson's like, who knows what his his stat? Clearly, he couldn't even go. He's so banged up. So I, I'm not blaming him, but and Wigman is a very good player. So I'm not calling him out. But it's almost like there's an advantage to playing a mobile quarterback. If only Jimbo. Mm. would have stuck with that after Kellen Mond. I was going to say his best season was when he had this best quarterback play, and at, at that time was the most mobile quarterback he probably had. Um, there was another uh, mobile quarterback at Texas A&M that we're going to talk about in a minute when we talk about Heisman Trophy winners, um, but we'll get to that. I, I just want to point a couple of things that I think people need to know. Search firms are actually a really, really good thing. They don't make decisions. They are essentially like, imagine the FBI in like college football coaching form. Like, you, you as an athletic director, Ross Bjork or or Zach Selman at Mississippi State, cannot be on the ground in every single community in college football. They they just they just can't. They they can't be understanding the ins and outs of every single offensive and defensive coordinator, rising star coach. It's just physically impossible. And so, what a search firm is is they're just infantry. A search firm is just people on the ground, boots on the ground, getting information, background information, sometimes off the record information about coaches, about their scheme, about how they recruit, about how they work. So if you hear, if you see a story about a search firm, don't don't lose your shit over a search firm. They do they it's actually very helpful to provide help to an athletic director to be to be on the ground. So that's number 1. Also, no reporting. There's nobody that knows a single thing about either of these two coaching searches right now. So when when I rattle off names and I've talked to some people in the business, they don't have any clue yet. None of these guys have any clue about who they're going to hire, who they're going to interview. They're going to move quickly. But nobody has any actual information. We're all just sort of saying, here's who we think would be good for Texas A&M and Mississippi State. And there is no chance that Ross Bjork made this decision. This was made by the people with all the money that paid for the 77, 76, 75 million dollars. So just some things to keep in mind when looking at Texas A&M. Now, Mississippi State, I'm curious what you think. I mean, Zach Selman was a new athletic director. Zach Arnett was given the job as an as an interim in theory and then kind of given a year to try it out in a terrible, tragic situation. I, this one, I do think Zach Selman just said, look, to the to the people in charge, we, we've learned as much as we need to learn. And oh, by the way, Texas A&M getting all the headlines right now. We have a $9 million buyout. <laughs> it's a lot less. I think they timed it out. As soon as they saw the Jimbo Fisher news, they started to move. And as soon as they saw the Jimbo Fisher news, they knew they could hide it underneath Jimbo Fisher. And I think that's what they did. Hmm. Why, why, why wouldn't they have done it on Sunday then? I think they were waiting to for AM to dominate. They, they hadn't their they haven't had their press conference, right? Until Sunday. When, did, when was when was Ross Bjork's official press conference? Sunday evening. Yeah, I think that's what you do. You let that news cycle play out and then you kind of slide your news in there on Monday <laughs> and 
and everyone's still joking on Twitter about 76 million, 75 million dollars. So mm, I, I think that's I think that's the plan there. So uh Harrison, huge fan of the Tyler Childers hat. Thank you. He's uh one of the best songwriters of our generation. Um I want to get to who you want to see, or do you want to ask me who I want to see since you don't ever watch any college football outside of the SEC? Yeah, I yeah, I'm not I'm not big on just throwing names out because I don't know. So you go for it. <laughs> well, who do you want to know? What I, what I think we can discuss is who do we think would work? Who do we think would be good? And who do we think could work at those positions? Um, no, and another important lesson is you just never know what makes a guy tick. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And and each individual coach could be, you know, Willie Fritz could be desperate for the Mississippi State job or he could not want that shit at all. <laughs> you just you just don't know what makes a guy tick. Uh, yeah. Well, I think at Mississippi State, you have to kind of think outside the box. And and that's why, you know, people are saying like I've seen two people here in the comments already. Cliff Kingsbury, like no. like he's not going to Mississippi State. He's I mean, also he's not at, very good. He, well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he might be. Who knows? He's but... not very good. He's not a good coach. He's never been a good coach. I don't know why people think he's going to be a good coach at a very difficult job, Mississippi State, and a very pressure-packed, high-profile, win a national championship do- job at Texas A&M. He couldn't do it in any other place. Why would he be good now? I don't understand um, that. Well, I when has know. he been a good coach? Couldn't you have said the same thing about Lane Kiffin? And then, I mean, he he got better. He has gotten better, but he was a good coach before. <laughs> like his the the 2009 got, Tennessee team is the best coach Tennessee team since Josh Heupel took over between Phil Fulmer and Josh Heupel. The best coaching job in Knoxville was 2009. Mm. Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I I think if Mississippi State could get him, I, yeah, I'd been over backwards for Cliff Kingsbury. I I just that's that terrible. Make, that's terrible. That does. I don't think that. I don't think that's, that's living in reality. I, I, I think what you have to do is you have, like I'm saying, you have to think outside the box and maybe, you know, I don't know, but there's something I've always heard. There's something with Jamie Chadwell in his background that yeah. people won't touch him. And I, I have, I don't have one clue what that is. No, well, one's he's, ever been, he's been on NCAA get, violations like three times. So well, who, who cares? I mean, the NCAA well, is going to go sure. under in like two years. Like, here's what I would say about Jamie. Here's what I can say about Jamie Chadwell because he's a he's been a winner at Coastal Carolina and now at Liberty. It, it, imagine, like you know, <laughs> back back in college, you start dating, you date one girl, and then you kind of break up, and then like you maybe start dating one of her friends in the same circle. Like that girl knows everything there is to know about you. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. South Carolina, like, knows everything there is to know about Jamie Chadwell. South Car- the University of South Carolina knows everything there is to know about Jamie Chadwell, and he was not even considered for the job when they hired Shane Bieber. Yeah, they also have one of the worst ads in in the SEC. So I don't I don't know. I'm just telling you. I, I think there is there is a lot of value in just mm-hmm. using logic and thinking through the person that the team that knows you the closest doesn't want to touch you. There's something there. Oh uh, well, also, that's, and, also and that's Liberty, why he's perfect for Mississippi State. Fun. Because he's because people don't want to touch him, but he's a great coach and, and he's got a fun offense and you know he'll score points and he's a nightmare to to prepare for like that. That's where Mississippi State needs to be or 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 Willie Fritz because as soon as you say that somebody says you know how old that bastard is like that's that's perfect because he ain't going to uh, Arkansas or Auburn or Tennessee because he people say he's too old. Well, I don't care how old he is. Can he coach? Is he a winner? 
Can he has everywhere he gone? Can he develop the program and make I it agree. stronger than than what he inherited? Then that's all I need to hear from Mississippi State. He can make us better. Let's hire him. He's he's a hell of a coach. He's been doing it for X a number of years. That's that's who I'd want from Mississippi State. I, I, on the surface, I do think Chadwell would work well at Mississippi State. I, I think in in a vacuum, that's true. Is is there a reason that that he ends up at working for Ian McCall, one of the shadiest motherfuckers in all of college football, running one of the shadiest football universities in all of college football? Yes, I think there's a reason. I think there's a reason South Carolina has him fully vetted and chose not to even interview him for the South Carolina job. I think there's reasons all that stuff has happened. I I, I don't have specifics on that. Uh, Jenna, <laughs> Braden, say so you're that guy. No, look, when you're in college you just kind of all date each other for a while, right? Like, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think when you're in college, everybody kind of is looking at everybody else the whole time. Right. Isn't that, it's sort of like offensive coordinators during the transfer porter era time of the year, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I, I don't I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'm just trying to figure it, out. Jenna was making fun of me for dating two yeah. friends. No, I got you. I'm just yeah. rattling my brain about, I mean, we, we, we want to win her, right? We want, we want fun football. We want to win. I, I think there are some people that like, again, the only name that, that the only name that I am making a call to first and foremost, if I'm Ross Bjork at Texas A&M, the only name that guarantees them a national championship, the only name, there's only one. He's a guaranteed national champion. And you would have to shower with steel wool before going to church every Sunday morning. And that's urban Meyer. So the question is Auburn decided it's fine with Hugh freeze. I would not be. I, like, mm -hmm. if you want to decide that you're fine with Urban Meyer, that's your decision as a school. You can do it. If you want to put the women of your community at risk, go for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm I'm not into that thing. I'm not into that. So I think there's varying degrees of, like, weird and odd, and then there's, like, creepy, and then there's, like, NCAA stuff, which is, you know, right now, NCAA stuff is not that big of a deal. So... Um, uh, the only name that can win Texas A&M a national championship guaranteed is Urban Meyer. And I'm not sure he cares to go into that fishbowl. I don't know if, you know, what they say in interviews, liquid flames is irrelevant to me right now because they're, it's too early in the process. No one's actually had a conversation and Jimmy Sexton basically controls all, all of this. <laughs> so I don't think that's your, that should be your criteria though. And, and, and I, that may sound bad, but. I don't think you sit here and say, okay, who's the who can win us a national championship? I mean, I th I think he can win a national championship at AM, but we gotta win 10 games first. You know what I mean? Like who's a coach that can come in here and and more often than not, we can win 10 games? Is who's that guy? That's who I want. I don't want you hire Urban, you're you're right. Maybe, maybe he does win it all, but I think history shows it's gonna be awful ending and we're gonna be worse off than we are today. So he's like the but ultimate, you got that, but you got that ring, <laughs> ultimate boomer. But 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 there's no guarantee of that either. Oh yeah, there is. But, he won the national title. But there's almost a guarantee that it will end horribly. So I agree. He's a piece of shit. I don't. I don't and think I, I would. In my opinion, that's that's again. That's not where I'm going. I I would go. I think you have, you almost have to do like the opposite of Texas right now, because the way I look at Sark, and I know they're doing well, but that to me that's like style. You know what I mean? And I, I want substance. I, want, I don't know. I want that a, defensive line, that defensive line for Texas is fucking awesome. I want a coach. I, I, there's that, a lot of substance with that. That is respected in in the high school high school ranks in Texas. You know, I don't I don't know. That that's kind of where so, I'm Okay, at. so you've made you've made a few criteria here, which I think are all very valid, but like who's guaranteed to be on that list? There is nobody. 
So we there there are names that could eventually fill that role. We just don't know. Like Bob Stoops got the job at Oklahoma after being a DC at Florida. You don't know how great he's going to be. You know, people just don't know when you're a first time head coach or when you elevate yourself to a place like College Station, which which if you talk to coaches, how they view College Station is holy smokes, a whole lot of resources. You can win big there, but man, it's total chaos. And so that's the prop. That was the problem with Texas. And by all accounts, what you're saying about Steve Sarkeesian is what he has done. He has eliminated the chaos behind the scenes with the boosters. How you like them apples? That's nice. Missouri fans is what you can say to that. Since, since, uh, one of us on this, on the pod said that Missouri was clearly the better football team last week. Um, I, I think, if you do something like LSU did and go get a proven elite level coach, then I think you can say, yeah, this guy can come in and win 10 games at Texas A&M. Now, do I, do I think there's another Brian Kelly out there? I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. James Franklin is not a great coach. Penn state fans will tell you they'd be fine with him leaving. (laughs) Jim Harbaugh is a very good coach. He can go back to Vanderbilt. I bet but he wants to go to the NFL. <laughs> Ryan Day is an elite coach. Lincoln Riley's pretty close to an elite coach, but has some sensitivity issues, let's call them, that may not work well in a tiny little town like College Station. I, I What about Johnny Manziel? For what? <laughs> hey, coach. Hype <laughs> <laughs> man, hype oh, sideline hype man or something. I, mean, I, just, I think the Mississippi the State... Approach. I think oh, that what you so so you're completely full of shit. Okay, I I think uh, I think Mississippi State's a far more normal search. I think you look at the normal ranks of coaches. I think John Summerall at Troy is going to be a very good coach and be an SEC head coach one day. I think Cade Womack at South Alabama is going to be a very good coach and going to be an SEC coach one day. I think Willie Fritz, if anybody wants to hire him at that age from Tulane, will, could be a coach at any place that he kind of wants to go at some point in the near future. I, I think there are guys who have far less questions and are sort of on a traditional path towards being a head coach in the sec that I think you can just like, if I'm, if I'm Zach Selman, these are the names on my list that I'm calling. And, and if Texas A&M is far more complicated than that, you need a guy with upside who can recruit against Nick Saban and Kirby smart and Brian Kelly. That is not the expectation at Mississippi state. Hmm. That's true. I, okay. I don't I don't disagree with anything. That was that was brilliant. Thank but you. Uh, yeah, I mean, how about uh, I, yeah. I like the fact that they're firing these guys. I mean, it's so weird that uh, you know the cycles get sped up and everything. But everybody's pointing towards the transfer portal. I don't know that that is um, you know the, the chief concern of Mississippi State, but I think it should be of A and M because of the the talent you can attract. And you also don't want your roster being right, although those guys can jump in. But I think, and I have no knowledge of this, but I would imagine because I know some players they're kind of they're kind of stuck where they're at because of NIL. And I would imagine that is probably the case with some of these college players in College Station because you've not seen the big name guys jump into the portal yet. But I mean, again, I have no idea. But I, no, I, I think, think that's I think you're on the right track with the structure of what's going on. Like and you, you can't make that money if you leave campus is, is the whole point right, of how right. they how they're structured. So I'm, I'm not worried about losing guys necessarily. But if let's say we get a, a, a new coach at A&M before the portal opens and there's OK, we need this safety. We need this corner. We, we have to have a coach in place to to kind of 
to to get those guys essentially is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I I don't know if like so if you're talking about guys like Mike Elko at Duke, who knows College Station, who's a very, very good coach. Lance Leipold at Kansas is a very, very good coach. Chris Kleiman at Kansas State is a very, very good coach. You know, Kalen DeBoer at Washington is a very good coach, who ironically, Kalen DeBoer's offensive coordinator said no to Jimbo Fisher this summer when Jimbo Fisher tried to hire him. Now look at what Washington's doing on offense. Look at what Texas A&M did on offense. Um, I, I think what's interesting about those names is you just don't know if they can recruit the same guys. But that was the exact same question about Josh Heupel. And Josh Heupel struggled to recruit at the AAC level at UCF. And guess what fixed the problem? The collective, NIL. Mm-hmm. That has helped Josh Heupel recruit at a level that he had never recruited before. And it answered like the only big question about Josh Heupel was the recruiting. So maybe that makes it more palatable or smarter to hire a guy like Mike Elko or Lance Leipold or Chris Kleiman or Matt Campbell at Iowa State or... And Jeff Trailer was mentioned in the comments. I forgot who mentioned it. I, I apologize. But Jeff Trailer is a rising star at UTSA. He's going to get a job at some point. But that's a big, big jump. <laughs> that's a big jump. And no, Dan Campbell's not leaving the NFL for a college game. Well, not only that, Braden, but um, I mean, I, I like the idea of it. But yeah, not, not just Dan Campbell, but any NFL coach, unless he pulls a Petrino and leaves in the middle of the year, Nobody's doing it. The timeline just it, it doesn't work anymore. Because what what are we just talking about? We're talking about the portal. We're talking about recruiting. These guys can't even show up till yeah, you know, February, January, yeah, February. You know, late. I mean, it, you you're you're two years behind if you do that. So yeah. it's just not feasible. No, I I, I agree. Um, I think Kiffin's a name you call. I mean, I don't know if A and M fans would love that. Um, I don't think Kiffin would take the job, but I think from what I understand, but I think that's what you. I think you call him. I think you call Josh Heupel. I don't think there's a problem calling him, but I don't think Heupel has any interest in leaving. So I, I think, you know, Dan Mullen for Mississippi State should be a very real possibility. Like Dan Mullen is is a very good. Like, what about look Dan at, Mullen at Texas A&M? I've not I, I don't heard that think, anywhere. I, I mentioned I, I, I cut it out of my clip that I posted on YouTube, actually, because I was like, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't. Why not? I can't, I can't connect the dots because he just was. He failed so miserably recruiting that I don't know. But if you're looking that for was, an, wasn't that essentially before NIL? Kind of, yeah. Because I mean, here's the thing: I've heard some people spin it like this. You know, Chip Kelly, same deal. Not you know, he's not a he doesn't want to recruit. And I'm not saying you can just abandon recruiting. And I don't think that's quite fair to say that to Dan Mullen. I mean, I get it. that was always my criticism of of him as well, but. He's an elite offensive mind, though. Like, let's he's, be very clear. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. He developed more NFL players at Mississippi State than anyone ever. So yeah. we, how can no, he not be – he can't be awful at recruiting if he's getting all these players and they're turning them into NFL players. But uh, he's he's not elite. I get that. But at a and I don't know that you have to be because he can kind of half-ass it, hire some good recruiters, and because of their NIL – that that could be the difference. Yes, but, it, but, it can. You know? it can close. It, no, the NIL can absolutely close the gap on a guy whose weakness would be recruiting in the SEC, which is different than recruiting anywhere else. It just is. What about drink? Just I, is. I threw that out on a radio show just now where they they asked, yeah, any other coaching firings or or, and I said, well, Pittman obviously, perhaps, but one to watch I think is drink capitalizing on this big season, making a jump at a. And I don't, I don't, I have no clue if he wants to go to A and M. I wouldn't you know. be. That, that sounds like an SEC thing to happen, <laughs> right? Or 
or just <laughs> it or, sounds like or very like Mich- what if Jim Harbaugh leaves and then they pick I don't again I have no idea if they'd be remotely interested in drink but if if a job like that called him I you have to pick up the phone I would think oh and I think he would take it if it's Michigan or A and M I think Eli Drinkowitz is out I think Eli Drinkowitz is a very good coach and I think this Missouri team deserves to be celebrated I don't think he views it if he keeps winning that Missouri is his ultimate destination. Now, I don't know. I think he's at the place where he needs to stay, and I don't think he realizes that <laughs> to, to some degree. Um, but I think, I, to me, like, and just to put into perspective how good Dan Mullen was at, because I think your argument about, and I agree with Andrew there, Hypo has too much cash and goodwill to leave Tennessee. I totally agree. I don't think he's in, interested at all. Uh, Mike McDaniel to Alabama when Saban <laughs> retires. Hey, what they're doing with the backfield, what they're doing with backfields at Miami is super fun to watch. Um, to, to your point about Mullen, like it's the Mark Stoops question at Florida State. It's the, it's the same. Like, can a guy who's clearly a very good coach, but is but his prime, but his primary thing that he's good at is sort of scheme and development and culture, which all sound like good things at A and M. Stoops is good at scheming, but well, the defenses are very good and the defensive players are very well coached. That's why they keep getting drafted and put into the NFL. But to mm. your point about Dan Mullen at Mississippi State it's not a you're not a great recruiter if you're developing three stars it just makes you a really good developer mississippi states had 10 9 or 10 win seasons all time four of them were dan mullen they've only had three double digit win seasons ever and only one since only one this century and only two since world war 2 so expectations should be much much lower at at mississippi state Mark Stoops will not leave Kentucky. I agree. I am pointing out the argument for why folks did not like him at Florida State, for example, despite his ties and how good he's been at Kentucky, is that he cannot recruit at that level. Or maybe he, we just don't know. And I think that's the question about Dan Mullen. There's only one name. I don't know about you, Braden, but I I truly appreciate when these commenters let you know how wrong you are. Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Well, like I said, I'm 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 married, man. <laughs> regular thing. Uh, I think there is kind of one. I think, and I think you actually said this name, uh, and I've mentioned it before as well. But I don't think that he's going to leave, and that's Jeff Brom at Louisville. I think that's one name that is like an automatic. I think would be successful. Checks every box at Texas A&M. I don't think you know you how can much he him. makes. I I just did Google, so I don't know if this is true or not. You know how much he makes? It's something ridiculous. It's like four million a year. Oh, low. You mean low? Yeah. Well, that's his dream. That's the that's the beloved alma mater and the dream job. So uh, he's. I don't think he so just. If, so he if just A&M got it. said, he "We'll give you it. twelve a year." At Louisville would give him like eight, and he would stay. I, I'm just. I just. I, I know the Louisville program quite well. I don't think he would leave. Here's the name that I think. There's only one name that kind of checks every one of these boxes. Uh-huh. Really good recruiter in the SEC has a history and tie to the area. Is a proven head coaching commodity is showing is showing that he can develop talent and win but also recruit high level talent and again deep ties to the sec to the area with can i guess can i guess i think i know where you're going yep and you're dead wrong (laughs) well i don't think he's gonna take the job because i don't think he's gonna leave i think he likes where he is but gus gus malzahn no that's the that's the name i would hire at mississippi state i would hire gus malzahn at mississippi state i don't think they can get him just as oh, it's a way better job than UCF. You way think? better job. Oh, by a country mile. Mississippi State. By by a by a. You know how country, many students they got mile. down there? Aren't they Power Five now? Uh, there is not a 
Power Five anymore. <laughs> Power whatever. The, the SEC and the Big Ten are the most. Uh, Gus Malzahn to Arkansas and to Mississippi State. Either one. That is the that is the name I'm going after hardcore hmm. for so many reasons. But just also he's good. The name that I was talking about, who who's recruited at a high level in the SEC, who's got experience in the area, knows the states, knows the recruiting base for Texas A&M, is also a head coach, is also winning at a high level and developing players and proven, in my opinion, in a short period of time, that he's pretty good. Oh, God. See, this one I think is just totally unrealistic. I, I figured out who you're talking about now. Okay, who is it? You're going to say Dan Lanning. I am. And, and I don't think he's going to leave. I don't think he, he wants the I, job. I believe he's got like some... And I could be wrong because I don't follow Oregon, but I just heard this in passing. I think if he if he leaves Oregon, he owes him $40 million. Well, as we've learned, that don't mean shit to Texas A&M. <laughs> so they, you, th- you th- think the coach just, doesn't pay that. They're going to pay $70 million, The coach doesn't pay Turn that. around and pay Oregon $40 million, and then turn around and give Dan Lanning $100 million. It, uh, it obviously doesn't matter. staff 20 Like, that, that's, that doesn't make it any sense. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Seventy-five million to fire a guy. You've you've crossed. You've eliminated money that's, from the that's equation. That's not even how the buyout works, Braden. They they're they're giving it's them. Gonna like, neg- it's going to negotiate. They, 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 they give them like twenty million in ninety days, and then they have seven years to give them the rest of the seventy whatever. Yeah, they get it. Get that's it's, different than turning around and giving Oregon forty million. Well, I now. think you need to. I think you need to double check that. But just so you can negotiate, I think it's half that. Um, but I think you need to check that. the The point is, and I, as I said at the beginning, if you were listening, I he, he, I don't think he wants to leave. But that is the type of name I am looking at. That's the type of name that I would go after if I'm Texas A and I think you can shoot for higher spots. Jeff Trailer could be a really good coach. John Summerall, Jamie Chadwell. These guys could be very good coaches. I think you need to shoot for for a larger, in a bigger pond than that if I'm Texas A&M. So uh, that's all. Uh, Dan Lanning, Gus Malzahn. And I, I guess, do you think Arkansas is in this boat in a week or two? I mean, obviously, um, they play FIU this weekend. They're going to destroy FIU. But they'll play Missouri in the season finale. If they get destroyed by, by Missouri, which is likely – considering Missouri is one of the greatest teams in the history of college football. I, I, I don't know. You think, you think Arkansas is open? I just checked. It's 20 million, Braden, 20 million. Gotcha. So half of what you said, like I said, you okay. have to pay Oregon just to talk to the guy. Okay. Who, 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 I don't, I'm trying Money to Money is clearly not an issue for Texas a <laughs> I'm just sitting here trying to think who's worth twenty million to to just it, there, there is no number. There is no, no. Here's what you're wrong. Here's what you're that's wrong about. The, that's the list. No, here's what you're wrong. I mean, obviously, with their track record behind them, judging it, yes. All that matters is if you find your guy. It, like, you don't have the you don't have hindsight, man. You don't know what this is going to look like in three years, but you have to find your guy. And if you find your guy, Texas A&M has proven that there is no dollar figure that matters. And that's all that matters. You go get your guy. And again, Sean says this landing has already said as of last night uh, that he isn't leaving. Every coach says yeah. that in the middle of a playoff run. Wrong again, Braden. So, so nothing. Any this is must lie season for everybody. Everyone's lying. The 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 ads are lying. The reporters don't know shit. The coaches are lying. Everybody's lying. It's all lies. So. Dan Lanning strikes me as a future SEC coach at some point. The question is, do you want it to be A&M or do you think there's another place you'd rather go? And I don't, I don't know what's going to be available. Have you been up there, Braden? It's beautiful. It is. They got that Nike money. Quite amazing. 
They got all, I think all the drugs are legal up there. That, very why, much so. Why would them. he leave? Uh, that's crazy talk. Ayahuasca? I don't think he's going to go, but that's the type. I'm saying the type of name that I would look at. I don't think Lincoln Riley could hack it. I think Lincoln Riley would like end up in the fetal position, rocking back and forth in the corner of, the, of a dark room. Like, I don't think Lincoln Riley can ha hack what it would take to win at Texas A&M. You need someone with a a str strong backbone. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do all that, why not just go, um, why not just hire Glenn Schumann or something? Because he's not been a head coach, I guess. I, I, I totally never, unproven, yeah. I would never hire a guy that's not been a head coach. I know. That's, that's, just... I, that's why I agree with you. That's why I like Jeff Trailer, for example, as an example of a type of guy that I mm -hmm. like a little bit better than that. Now, there's a ton of other, I mean, there's a million other names, and these guys could come out. Watch like Sonny Dykes be a candidate. You know what I mean? Texas guy, Power Five experience, got to the national championship game. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> There's guys that are like that that we're not talking about that are going to be a part of a search that are going to come up in on an, on an AD's desk, and their names are never going to get mentioned because the guy who gets hired is almost never the name that gets mentioned in the press. <laughs> just so you know. Oh yeah, that's why I think it's stupid. And we've went 33 minutes just naming names. <laughs> no, but to me, it's not about names. It's about like strategy. It's about who that. What's the type of what's the type of person you should go get? And and again, I think the John Sumrall, Cade Womack. Is the type of person I would if I Mississippi State, I'm focused on two types of guys. It's the John Summerall, Cade Womack type, the rising mm -hmm. star at the G5 level. And then it's the power five retread who I know is pretty good. Gus Malzon, Dan Mullen, etc. Those are the those are the two why, types why of names. Why can't that I be the out. option at AM? The not the not the retread, but the first one. Uh it may be more risk involved. Maybe AM's appetite's not there for uh, like a guy who's got to learn on the job. I mean, it, finding the right guy is really hard to do. It's very, very difficult to find that rising star. I mean, how many, how many Butch Joneses and Jeremy Pruitt's the Tennessee have to go through before they found Josh Heupel, you know? So. Yeah. You like rainbows. Is that makes that makes you gay? I didn't realize I had two rainbows and one of them says Dick. It does say Dick house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, that's a fair question. Given the attire. <laughs> I, I only have like, I mean, is that is it a? I mean, do, you don't have to tell anybody if you like uh, what you only, like in the bedroom, there, big guy. <laughs> I only have like four shirts and one sweater, so I'm I, a big fan of the slow mesh in the bedroom. That's all I'm gonna say. So people Just give people, me that slow uh, mesh. People, people are their question: Why you guys wear the same shirts? You know, because we only got four of them here. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the only shirts <laughs> they have in East Tennessee <laughs> in the mountains. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah, I support you as well, but Tim Dodge. Good, Thank good you. to hear from you. Uh, Tim, by the way, big Auburn fan, uh, Auburn bowl eligible, even, even with, uh, what's his face. Okay. Um, let's celebrate some guys here. Uh, I want to celebrate two players. And I want to talk Heisman real fast. And that is, uh, Jaden Daniels with the two guys that had record breaking, uh, performances over the weekend. Um, uh, Jaden Daniels, first player ever in college football history, 350 passing yards, 200 yards rushing. Um, there are some important numbers to remember. Um, because I think the conversation is, and I want to, this is an, an actual Heisman question I have for you mm -hmm. because plenty of guys have won it with two or three losses that didn't win their conference championship. It happened last year. For those that don't remember, Caleb Williams did not win the PAC 12, uh, two losses in the regular season. They ended up losing again in the bowl, but that's after the award. Uh, the last guy to do it before then didn't win their conference championship or play in the playoff was Lamar Jackson in 2016, three losses in the regular season. Johnny Manziel had two losses in the regular season in 2012, didn't win their division. 
RG3, three losses in 2011 for Baylor. And their numbers are actually pretty similar. Like, you know, 1,400 yards rushing for Manziel, 1,500 yards rushing for Lamar, you know, 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions for Lamar, that stuff like that. RG3 was absurd, 37 touchdowns, six interceptions, which is kind of where Jaden Daniels is right now. Um, and then Tebow, three losses for Florida in 2007. So it's only happened five times in the last 20 years. Uh, here's my question. Is it okay if a voter says, in the three most important games of the season, LSU's offense was shut down in the second half against LSU or against Florida State, that Alabama knocked him out. It's not his fault that it was a dirty hit, but knocked him out, and they didn't win that game. And then, <gasps> Ole, and then Ole Miss, I guess Jaden Daniels can't play defense for LSU. <laughs> but, like, the point is that it's not the – like, part of the reason Robert Griffin won the, the Heisman is that they beat Texas that year in 2011, a team that played the national title two years earlier. Lamar Jackson had huge wins that season. If that's, is that, is that the, is that a better argument than, oh, he just has three losses? Or why, 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 why he king of uh, context. No, 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 no wonder you were throwing so much context my way, Braden, because you were a smart man that, that goes a step beyond. But uh, yeah, I mean, any, anyone that says that's just an idiot that, that thinks you lose three games, you're out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, now I, th I could buy into the argument and I don't necessarily agree with this, but kind of like you were saying, RG3 beat Texas. I think the year that uh, Mark uh, Ingram won it, I think they gave it to him because they beat Florida in the SEC. Yeah, like sometimes that happens. We're like, it's big rare. Game, it's rare, but it happens. Big game, big moment. And I don't know that Jane Daniels is going to get that. Against a certainly not against a And M, you know yeah. what I mean. So maybe 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 everyone's watching against Georgia State. You know, maybe the country is watching the world. Maybe that was Friday or Saturday night against Florida. You know, but uh, again, I don't I don't know how many people will remember that when they cast their ballot. But uh, I, so that's the question ultimately because the numbers are absurd. Mm -hmm. I mean the the numbers are as good as Lamar, Johnny Menzel, RG three, Caleb Williams, Tim Tebow. 72% completion percentage, leading the country in, in total offense, 3,100 yards, 30 touchdowns, only four interceptions, 918 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. He's going to be over 1,000 yards rushing pretty easily. He, he, the numbers will be comparable to any other player in that situation. The, the question is, can you when, when you break records, are you just so good, even that it's against an average Florida team at home, that that, is, that, that can be your Heisman moment? I, I don't. Maybe. Maybe it can. I'm a voter right now. He, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a voter. He would not be number one on my list, but man, he is close. Mm. He's very, I mean, he's right now. I have three guys that are basically tied for first and I can't decide who, who, who would be number one. And he's, and he's one of them. Joe Milton, the other. Yeah. No, it's Nico actually. Okay. Well, that's so, I, I can get on board with that. I'm going to, I'm going to vote for him twice. They don't give me Nico <laughs> one, Nico two. <laughs> I mean, is he, I don't, I don't know. Is he the most outstanding player? Is he the player that you take him off the team and they're devastated? I I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think he's the Heisman winner, but personally, Unfor I, I, unfortunately. I'm not predicting it because I don't think it he will be, but I, I, don't, I, think, I don't he, think he will. I think either. he should be. Uh, I think it's a fair argument. I think he deserves to be in the, the, the t right now. I think it's Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and, and Marvin Harrison, I think, on a voting standpoint or an odd standpoint. Um, but I, I think Daniels right now he's like barely an uh, 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 one of the finalists, which I think is stupid. I think he's been when you say outstanding, you can define it however you want. They actually give us as voters a lot of freedom to sort of decide how we want to define it. They don't tell you like 
any they don't give you any, any instruction. And I think if you watch Jaden Daniels, it's hard to argue he's not been anything but one of the most outstanding players in college football. Uh, Brock Bowers, I think, is the best football player in America. The problem is, is that Georgia went undefeated without him. <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's so, I don't true know. too. And the numbers, maybe they're not there. Uh, maybe they destroy Georgia this week, and he gets he goes crazy, or they destroy Tennessee this week. Georgia Tech and Alabama, and if they destroy Alabama and he's carrying them, he's going to win a lot of votes. I think he deserves a lot of votes because I think he's the best player in college football. But it's hard to argue most outstanding is not Jaden Daniels. Uh, also extremely outstanding, Cody Schrader. First SEC player ever with 200 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. And to uh, look, I, I think the very first comment on this show was, did, did Missouri and Tennessee play their Like Missouri, here's what's crazy about the Missouri-Tennessee game, Mike. Missouri didn't even play its best game. Like, kicked field goals, turnover in the end zone, didn't even play a perfect game, didn't even have to play their best game. They're just a better team. And while I don't think that's an indictment of Josh Heupel, I think this is exactly where Tennessee was going to end up being. That kind of loss is bad. That's a bad loss. But Schrader, what a great story. He embodies everything that co- that makes college football great. D2, yeah. walk on, leading the SEC in rushing, and a tough motherfucker <laughs> I do no one should want to tackle that dude ever like Drake says it's a game of chicken and he ain't no chicken so <laughs> I thought that was and Tennessee defense certainly was you know couldn't tackle this, this weekend they didn't they didn't want any part of that they didn't the, want any part of, of Brady Cook either yeah he was running wild uh yeah that was awful that that was just yeah. awful and there's there's been too many games like that for Tennessee this year just the two Steven kind of talked me two. off the ledge but I'm, I mean, I'm about, I'm about done with Heupel after that performance. Oh, get, stop it. Florida. Stop being such I mean, a drama queen. Florida was awful. Here's Missouri the, was awful. Kyle's correct. Tennessee got pushed around on both lines of scrimmage. That's because Missouri's the better football team. One of us said that last week on the show. Here's <sighs> the issue with Tennessee. If a rebuilding year for Tennessee is now eight and four, mm-hmm. it's a pretty damn good place to be in. And I think that is the perspective. Yeah. That is the big picture perspective because eight and four was something that Jeremy Pruitt would like murder a human being for mm-hmm. like there are there are coaches three of them are going to be fired right now one of which is you know <laughs> like arkansas would kill for eight and four right now here's Zach the real question kill for will four. billy napier ever get to eight and four at florida who knows quit changing the subject tennessee no, is, i think that's a real question i don't think he does I, I think it's a real question but it's a we're not in the middle of that conversation right now i am i think i think if eight and four after get putting a top 10 NFL lineman into the draft and losing two NFL receivers and your super and the greatest quarterback statistically season wise in the history of your organization for you to rebuild and still be eight and four, I, I, I think is a pretty good sign for the direction of your program. That's what I Yeah, would you say. just gotta not just you gotta show up in some of these second half. So that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I I think and you you've joked about this all season. I think Nico versus Vanderbilt is absolutely something that should happen. Not and not the, the, not the first series, not the first series. And against Clemson in the bowl game because we know how you love or, Orange Bowl Nico. <laughs> no, it, this year it'll be the Gator Bowl or whatever the hell it is, you the, know, the, but the the Gasparilla Bowl. Mhm. <laughs> Who gives a shit about those stupid ass bowl games? I do, um, I care. Oh, I watch them. I just don't, I think they're they're people put too much meaning on them. I exactly breaking parallels is exactly right. Joe Milton is a placeholder in the meantime, so Tennessee can put some weight on that stick figure. What if Nico beats Georgia? I mean, can he's we not going to be. Guy? 
he's not going to be on the field, but that's fine. Um, he, I, I'm saying alternate series against Vanderbilt. I am fine with that. Be prepared for next season. Take your loss against Georgia or see what you can do. Maybe you can run the ball. You're in a good spot if you're Tennessee. No one thinks you can do anything. Georgia certainly doesn't think you can do anything. I don't understand how last, Damn, last year can be compared to COVID year. Huh? What? This, this guy's saying... Heupel, that's the best he can do. Like Jim oh, last year, last year but was the best Heupel can year. deliver. Uh, no, no, I think his, but I don't think his point is wrong. I do think there's, I think eleven and two and beating Bama is might be his his best possibility. That might be as good as he can do. I don't think that's an un, unfair statement. I just think Tennessee fans would be okay with eleven and two for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until yeah, eventually, until eventually you turn into Mark Rick, but it takes like ten years to do that. I think you could argue they were the second best team in the country last year. Before Hendon Hooker got hurt. Before, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they were better than Michigan, but they were better than they were better than Alabama. I, you know, we'll see. Um, I guess you didn't hear Michigan was scouting them. <laughs> That's the only reason anything's ever happened for Michigan. Um, I, so Cody Schrader, Missouri, hell of a season. Just one year too early. Ole Miss too. I mean, absolutely put in their place by Georgia, but like just one year too early. Missouri is a playoff team. Missouri is absolutely one of the 12 best teams in America. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and man, it's kind of depressing. You wanted to go down this depressing rabbit hole, but if it was next year, they'd be in the playoff. Yes, they would. But that doesn't mean they can't get there next year. Well, I'm it'll assuming be, it'll be tough. Well, but Burden's a, a sophomore, right? So Burden's back. Yes, sir. Cook's mm-hmm. probably coming back. Mm-hmm. So as long as your boy Eli doesn't take the Michigan job, <laughs> yep, they're gonna have a lot of. They're all those young recruits are gonna be one year older. There's no reason for Missouri not to be pretty damn good next year. Although I don't think Schrader has any more eligibility. I think he's played like eleven seasons, so I think he's out. You want to talk? You want to talk Georgia and Bama? Uh, yeah, there you go. Kyle said it. Cook, Weiss, Burden, Cooper, all back. Yeah, that, they're they're gonna be very good Missouri next year. So yeah. Some of the, some of us thought that about this team this year. Yeah, cousin Shane, way to go. Some of us. Cousin Shane. He was the only, I will say Cousin Shane's the only one who went as far as 10 wins. I will say that. Well, he and I were both very high on Missouri. He out he definitely gets more credit than I do. He he actually he said had 11. him at like 10 and 2. <laughs> he he said 11 and then he backed it off at the last and he was like, "Nah, just 10, just 10." Cuz he's soft and yep. accurate. And we have we have two YouTubers. They've they've gone radio silent, but they they vowed if Mizzou goes 10 and 2, they would get face tattoos of us. No. I, I swear to God, I have I have. That, the but receipts. they're not Missouri. They're not Missouri fans, right? One of them was. One's a Mississippi State fan, and he is. <laughs> he's like I. You know, he's deleting everything. I've I've screenshot it all. It's there. But the other one is a Mizzou guy. So I, I hope he follows through. If you had to get a tattoo, would you rather have cousin Shane or SEC Mike on your face? Sh- oh, Shane for sure. Shane, <laughs> I do not recommend getting a tattoo of me. Oh man. Um, anyway, Missouri. Deserve all the credit in the world, man. Uh, they're they're fantastic, man. They're they're so good. They're just a complete football. We said this going into the Georgia game, coming out of the Georgia game, going into the Tennessee game. They are a complete football team. You right there, big guy. <laughs> Burning up. Sweater was a wrong choice. Too many rainbows. Um, 
Milk, milk was the perfect bad choice. Uh, Georgia and Alabama clinched their spot in the SEC championship game. They played in 2012, and I think that is the game that this is going to be the most like. I think it's going to be like 2012. If you remember, Aaron Murray throws a pass five yards short of the goal line. They get stopped, but the winner of that game was going to win the national championship. Alabama went on to destroy Notre Dame. I'm pretty sure Georgia, you would agree, Mike, right, that Georgia would have gone on to beat Notre Dame in the national championship game, that 2012 Georgia yep. team. Oh, yeah. Um, they've also played twice with Kirby and, and and Nick, and and Nick has won both of those in the SEC championship game. Uh, obviously, they're one and one against each other in the national championship game, so that's what matters, 2017, and then, of course, two years ago. Um, but I, this this feels like a 2012 matchup to me. Uh, both teams are a little bit more defensive oriented. Georgia has the maybe the the more pocket passing quarterback. Jalen Milrow has turned into an absolute star. Um, but this feels like a 2012 game where I would not be surprised that the winner of that game goes on to win the national championship. I would not be surprised. Yeah, they should just crown them. They should crown the winner that day, Braden. Crown their ass. Because I mean, who's beating them? Cheating Michigan. Cheating Ohio State. Ohio State hasn't hasn't none shown those, a lot. None of those offense. weak Pac-12 teams. They ought to just have. It should just be Georgia, Bama, Missouri, <laughs> and Tennessee, and that should be the playoff. If I, so, right now I would pick Alabama to win the game, and if if Alabama wins a close game and Georgia's un, if they both win out the rest of the way, mm-hmm. I think they both get in. There's going to be losing in the Pac-12. I don't think either, any of those teams are good enough to to beat it. I, 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 Ohio State offensively has not shown enough to me, and if they lose to Michigan, their resume is not all as special as people think it is. Texas could be a, a problem, but I don't trust them. So I, I think there's a very real chance that if Alabama wins a close game against Georgia, that they both get in and that they both belong in. And if Alabama wins that game like Bryce, like they did with Bryce Young and they have a combined one if they both went out from here on out which is likely i what if uh tennessee beats georgia though um then then they're out i mean that's duh okay <laughs> i mean if, if you lose to tennessee and I mean, that's as good alabama as a championship to me braden is ruining georgia's title that i mean that's that's what you got left for that's what you're holding on for that's what i'm living for right now <laughs> you're not you're not you don't get up in the morning for the car quest bowl it's not what you do just just a ruin Georgia's dreams there, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, even if they if if they pulled off a miracle, and Georgia won the SEC, would you put them in as as a twelve and one, Georgia? There is no chance on this green earth that a one loss SEC champion is being left out of the playoff. Zero okay. zero percent chance. Doesn't matter what happens anywhere else. Doesn't matter how many undefeated teams there are. Doesn't matter. Twelve and one Georgia, twelve and one Alabama. They're getting in. Even I think if it's like two undefeateds and, and one Texas, doesn't matter. Is, is it one of them? Doesn't matter. You, you'd There's put still in Bama spot. over Texas? Bama's better than Texas right now. Didn't they play in Tuscaloosa? Maybe told. The committee has told us. What'd I, they tell that's you? not what you didn't ask me. I just I, asked you. You asked me about Georgia first. No, no, and I'm saying Bama. 12 and 1 SEC champion Alabama is not getting left out of the playoff. Over full, 12, full 12 and 1 Texas? That's that not going to. In Tuscaloosa? Well, I would rank them ahead of them right now. I have ranked them ahead of them right now. But I think they're the better football team. Their teams change. They're different. Jalen Milrow was in his second start. Now, the committee has told us that head-to-head is only a tiebreaker. Because guess what? You are the function of your entire season, not one game. So if Texas wins out, 
and Alabama wins out, that makes Texas's resume better and therefore gives Texas a better chance to get in. And I think they both get in. But my point is, is that the second place Big Ten team is out then. And then you have to have one team, you have to have Florida State, Texas, and a, a Pac-12 team win out the rest of the way. That's, mm. I mean, like you have four teams that have to win all the way out. And there's no chance that, there, there's no chance that Alabama gets left out if they're 12 and one. Zero chance. If Georgia's 12 and one, zero chance they're left out. I didn't realize you were on Saban's payroll. Too. Next year, you're going to be like, am I on Kirby Smart's favorite. payroll too? Like they're all, they're the betting favorite. Remember I'm you just, said that last year? I'm just telling you what the reality is. There is no, there is no, in no way, shape or form is a 12, is a one loss SEC champion getting left out. Mm. It's never going to happen. Never has happened. <laughs> so I str- strongly disagree. But I don't know. I don't, I don't watch. You want to put, you already teams. owe me a bottle of whiskey. So let's, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and. Let's go ahead and put you want to you think a tw- you think a one loss SEC champion is left out of the playoff. Uh, I think it's very possible. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Isn't says it, Ohio it, State, Florida State and Washington win at wins out. Who gets the fourth spot? I mean, Georgia right now at undefeated would be number one ahead of Ohio State and Florida State and Washington. Also, they never went out. I don't know why this is hard to understand. It never happens. We, <laughs> it, it never happens. But we're running out of time, right? Only three three games for each? Yeah, Washington has to play two tough games. Oregon oh, has okay. to play a couple of tough games. Ohio State has to play Michigan. Texas has to play a Big 12 championship game, too. Like, it's just everybody has to play tough games. Alabama yeah. has to play Chattanooga. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah, they have to go on the road, Iron Bowl. <laughs> I, that's you freeze heating up. It's certainly it, that's absolutely a way that Alabama will get left out of the playoff. I agree. If Hugh freeze beats Alabama, how, how, how much of a pass does that give him when there's a scandal this, this off season? You know what I mean? Like if they get you know, embarrassed, I, I follow you. if they get embarrassed by Bama, no, any can't type have any of scandals. scandal, you're gone. You beat him. <laughs> I don't I'm know. just wondering what what is the limit there. I, I think I don't, he was. I don't. He, he gets a long leash. If he you think Auburn? You think Auburn cares about scandals? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing they care about. When they lose, I think they care. Oh, much like much like Tennessee found found ways that Jeremy Pruitt was cheating. Here, well, NCAA. That, here NCAA. That, that wasn't a scandal. That was here reality. In, here, here NCAA. Look at Tennessee. all this evidence we've found. Tennessee <laughs> did the right thing, Braden, and I will not listen to you besmirch <laughs> them for bettering uh, the game of college football. Yeah, yeah. How dare those athletes get paid like they do now legally? Uh, selective moral outrage. It's every single team in the conference, but definitely Auburn. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And for a long time, Tennessee, but they've they fixed that now because they have a nice guy coach and a gangster for an AD, which is the right way to do it. You need a good quality CEO coach and a gangster athletic director. That's the way to do it, um, which is what Tennessee's got. Okay. Um, South Carolina, Kentucky and Florida, Missouri. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about Florida, Missouri. If Missouri plays its game and shows up, they whip that ass. Um how how does does, does Tennessee actually ha- are they actually in a position to surprise some folks and play better than expected because of last week or is the concern along both lines of scrimmage just 
too much, and Georgia's clicking on all cylinders, and Carson Beck is destroying people now. I just hope they can keep it within 30. That's, that would be my okay. hope. And I'll, I'll be at the game. Oh, but yeah? I mean, I am. Tickets a little bit cheaper this, this week than last week? Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep, they're a little bit easier to come by this week than I've yeah, anticipated. Yeah. So that'll be nice. But uh, yeah, I just, I would just like to not remember what was that one year? It was like 41 0, something like that. I'm, I'm just trying to, I just hope they avoid that. Uh, great comment by Tim, by the way. When Freeze got, he's an Auburn fan. He says, when Freeze got hired, my first take was, quote, at least when he's fired, we probably won't have to buy pay a buyout. That's exactly mm-hmm. what that's exactly what it is. No, I think uh, I think Tennessee actually, much like in the, the last couple of games for Georgia, I think they're going to play well in the first half. I think the crowd helps, and I just think Carson Beck just slings it all around. I mean, the, the Vols secondary is not particularly great, and the line of scrimmage got pushed around last week. So I don't know how they stop Georgia. That, that's my issue. Um, I do think they can try to run the football in Georgia, and I think the most important thing here is that Alabama is watching real closely what Tennessee does running the football with Joe Milton, with those running backs, because Alabama has a similar setup there. And I think if Tennessee finds some ways to mess with the run fits for Georgia, which they've had some issues with this season at times, I think that's uh, uh, to keep an eye. I just don't see how Tennessee stops them at any point. Like, I don't think they get up. Like, I'm not sure Georgia punts, you know? Yep, I mean that sums it up well. I hope. <laughs> okay, a one right. Georgia putt would be a victory. <laughs> Give me Kentucky, South Carolina. I think this is uh, Kentucky's trying to hold on to what could be a good season. They could end up having an average season. South Carolina's desperate average to get coach, to- average season. I yeah. I can't wait when they lose this game and they lose the Louisville, and then some of their fans are like, "By God, you were right. Maybe this guy is a C coach because that's that's what he is. I mean, this this is not me." Making it up is what the grade says he is. And it's just Dave Bartu, one guy's grade, but yeah, they're they're average. They're average as hell. And if they beat South Carolina and Louisville, will you come on and say he's not C plus? You know, is okay. what I'd say. I'm not going to talk about Mark. You, you've wasted too much of my time about Mark Stoops. South Carolina, desperate. Kentucky, not nearly as desperate. Very easy, very low point spread. Two point spread. South Carolina plus at home. Williams Bryce Stadium, nighttime, desperate to get to a bowl game. Uh, questionable secondary for Kentucky. Spencer Rattler slinging it around. Their best coming off their best game. This does not set up well for Kentucky. This this says South Carolina. This screams South Carolina. So, I don't think you can put sunglasses on a judge any a team after they played Vanderbilt though, and be like, that was their best team. Vanderbilt's quit. They they've quit. Uh, South Carolina is two outstanding players and one of them's banged up, but still producing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what they are. And, and the, I mean, most of the other roster is not good. So well, Mario's pretty good. Mario's he's pretty coming good. on. He's coming on. All right, but, Mario's a fun player to watch, man. He's a, he's a little Mack truck. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's trucking Vanderbilt. I'll give him that. Yeah. He didn't, he couldn't truck Jacksonville state, you know, he, so he had an 80 yard run against Tennessee. Yep, a couple was... long long run against Texas A&M. Two pretty good run defenses. I think yeah. motivated and dedicated is correct. I, my concern would be at home, Spencer Rattler against the Kentucky secondary, desperate football team to try to get to a bowl. Ba- that's a bad situation for Kentucky. I would take South Carolina on the money line. I think what what is, isn't it a pick'em or is uh, it changed? It was two points yesterday. It was two points this afternoon, but it's or this morning. Mm. It could it could have changed. 
South Carolina plus the points. Um, I do love these two coaches, though, that don't like each other. I like it when coaches don't like each other. It, it makes me happy. Yeah. Eli Drinkwitz got some revenge last week. <laughs> For sure. He, oh, yeah. I, I, I got a – I can tell you something off air is pretty funny. Oh, I yeah? I don't, I don't want to sh- – Shared here, but you're I've got, right. I've got. You are, let's just say you are right. Confirmed. <laughs> Can't can confirm. Eli Drinkwitz not happy with giving up 120 points in two games. <laughs> that is so that much, is accurate. So much so that he fired his defensive coordinator and went and hired a new one, who apparently has done a very good job. Brad Baker, one of the better coordinators in the conference. So, well, he was the coordinator last year when they got torched too. Yes, but not the year before. So, mm-hmm. thank thank you for. I appreciate you correcting me. You're like my fucking seven-year-old daughter. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Any anything else? Uh, Sam Pittman, Hugh Freeze. Uh, it's it's weak ass November in the SEC. So uh, enjoy the Georgia game. Uh, watch some other teams this this week. There's some other teams that you want to walk. Oh, Blake. That's right. Sorry, Kyle. I Brad, Brad, <laughs> Brad Baker works for the soccer team here in Nashville. I apologize. Uh, you're right. It's Blake. I apologize. Thank you also, Kyle, like my seven-year-old daughter, correcting me when I'm wrong, which is totally fine. Um, okay, anything else you got? No, I'm burning up. Um, why Why is your room so, like, red and yellow? I don't know. That's pissing me off, too. There's, there's a lot going on over here. I've got to fix it. I, I thought I did fix it, and then it went back to doing it. Okay. It's hot, it's hot as balls right. in here. Well, pull uh. Pull hell off by the hinges, boys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. That SEC podcast. You can go to 440 Sports YouTube page. Please give us a subscription. That would really be appreciated. We got game previews up there for SEC games. I guess we'll have those three big ones uh, this week. And then uh, we do appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for hanging out. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Have a good one.